With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio, Central Texas. This is ARV. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Line 365 in this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Majel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. The following program will change the way you think and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listeners, discretion is advised. You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrin. Right now on TPV Radio.
victory over the weight of life with Sister Deanne Libreen. Yes, 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 it's that time again, how are you? Welcome to Victory Over the Wastes of Life. I am your host, author, and speaker, Diane Lubrin. It is Tuesday, gather the troops, everybody. Let your mama know, let your daddy know, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins. Gather the dogs and the cats. Let's let's all do this together as a family. It is Tuesday. It is June seventh, two thousand. Wait a minute. Did I say June? Am I taking y'all back? July two thousand. <laughs> I was like, I have to check myself. July, yes, July two thousand twenty, and it is the first Tuesday of the month. And as always, we dedicate the first. Tuesday of the month to domestic violence. It is the Tuesday where we have guests on, where they come and they tell you their stories, their struggles, where they are in their recovery, how they got there. And we have a speaker tonight. She's going to come and she's going to share with us her story. But before we go any farther, let us invite the Holy Spirit into our midst tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come. First of all, Lord, to say thank you for being good. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for being amazing. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. Father, we pray this evening that you will come, Father, and you will take over this show. Lord, we pray that you draw from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Everyone, Father, who is supposed to hear this message, God, would you bring them to this place right now, whether they can listen to it now or they can listen to it later. We thank you because you are God. We thank you because you don't change. We thank you because you remain the same. We thank you because we can always depend on you. I want to thank you, God, for the Newtons. God, I pray a special blessing over them. God, I pray that you meet all of the needs. Bless the radio station as a whole. God, watch over us. God, keep us. Keep us in a place, God, where we always glorify your name, where we always put the spotlight on the name of Jesus. Father, I pray even now for our guest, Peggy. God, give her the strength. God, let her tell her story. Oh, God, let someone hear it and let someone gain strength and encouragement from her story. And we give you thanks, Father. We give you praise. We give you the glory even now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. 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 For the next hour and a little time, <laughs> hour and a little time, hour and 30 minutes, we are going to be together. Amen. I want you to turn up your radios if you know of someone who was in an abusive relationship, who are in an abusive relationship, if you know of someone and they're dating somebody and you already see the signs there, but they don't know, I would like for you right now to go ahead, uh, inbox, I almost said poke them, (laughs) y'all, inbox them, send them a text really quick, let them know, hey, you need to come on, you need to hear this, and don't forget, please follow me here, like this page, if you haven't liked it, give me a thumbs up, 
Also, hit the follow button so whenever the show comes on, you will get a notification. To everyone around the world who is listening, a big shout-out to you, to my Jamaican family. Well, I'm going, well, I'm going to the Haitian people, to, to the Hispanic people, como, como está to the French, como estaba, America, how's everybody doing? We give God praise because we serve a great, a mighty, and amazing, and he is always faithful. Again, a heartfelt thank you to Brother Christopher and Shanice Newton. Thank you again so very much for this opportunity. You guys, uh, we here in the southern states, you know, uh, they're saying the, the coronavirus has spiked, so I'm asking you guys that you please, please, please be careful. I understand the mask thing. It's a little uncomfortable, but look at it like this. If you don't want to wear the mask, you are protecting yourself from a nasty, horrible virus, amen. Uh, when I got infected with the West Nile, we could not stop it. it. It came from a mosquito, and I can tell you the damage that was done to my body from the West Nile, and I'm telling you, people died from the West Nile. People were paralyzed from the, the West Nile. I am partially blind because of the West Nile. So these things are out there, y'all, and they're real because don't forget the devil. He's on a mission, and he's trying to take as many of us to hell with him. If he cannot kill us, he will try to make our lives here on earth pure the hell. So you guys, go ahead, please, wash your hands. Go ahead, wear your mask. Go ahead, take care of your loved ones. And enjoy this time. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget to give God praise because in all that, he's still God. Amen? So now that we've gotten that out the way, I want you to put your hands together. I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to get you some horns. I want you to get your tambourine. I want you to act like the last time you was in church. Amen? As you put your hands together to welcome our guest tonight, Peggy. Peggy, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Welcome, Peggy. Welcome to Victory Over the Waste of Life. I want to thank you so much for being here. I'm just going to go ahead and let you tell your story. Tell us about you. Tell us uh, if we can follow you, how we follow you. Just tell us your story, and I will, if there is any um, need for a little Clarence, you know, a little worse where it might need a little to be a little, a little bit more specific on certain things because I do understand we as uh, former victims, survivors, overcomers of domestic violence, we have some terminologies that regular people don't understand and certain things we may explain that people don't understand. So if we were to ever come to that conjunction, I will go ahead and ask a question and help to bring a little clarification. Is that cool? That's cool. <laughs> All right, and, and like we said, no cussing is a Christian show. It's no cussing, and I understand it gets, you know, sometimes it gets fiery. You know, when you have to live, you have to go back, and you have to relive that yeah. life, you know, the trauma. I don't understand. It can make you angry. It makes you vexed. You get mad, but praise God, we give God the glory. So, Peggy, the mic is yours. Thank you. I first want to thank you for having me I, I'm just really uh, excited to be here. Um, my name is Peggy Perkinson. I grew up in a town called Oaktown, Indiana. Um, I had eight brothers and sisters, and 
basically I was the younger of them and was a spoiled brat. <laughs> so um um anyway, I just want to tell you a little bit of starting about how I met my abuser and what went on in the dating relationship so that those mm-hmm. out there will know that are dating uh what to look for. Um I met my abuser when I was Probably, well, I was about 19 years old, and at first he was all about me. He said I was the most beautiful girl he'd ever met. I was his soulmate, and it was love at first sight. And he was a real charmer, and he convinced me he was crazy about me. I mean, he was very convincing. After a while, I began to notice things that just didn't seem right, but each time I dismissed them. I'd tell myself that no one had ever paid that much, that kind of attention to me. Mm-hmm. I had already had a low self-esteem, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. the attention. Right. I dated a lot. I dated a lot through school. I felt an even deeper insecurity when I didn't have a boyfriend, and mm-hmm. had already dealt with other traumatic experiences in the past, and suffered from depression at an early age. I was also on the rebound from my most serious relationship, um, and he was my first sexual partner. I I found that my current boyfriend, or the abuser, along the way, I didn't find out at first he had a very violent temper. Um, He didn't want me to meet his mother. He had an addiction to IV drugs. I didn't know all this at first. I finally learned he and his mother had an extremely toxic relationship. Um, And that will tell you something, ladies. If uh, they don't have a good relationship with their mother, um, there's something up there. That's right. Um, He did manage to stop using the IV drugs, such as the cocaine and heroin. And from what I knew, what he was doing was smoking pot and drinking alcohol. Hmm. And uh, he didn't do it around me at first, but eventually that's when I tried it. Um, he also did such drugs as acid and so forth, which I didn't yeah. find out till later on. Um, well, on one occasion, we were driving down the road, and he slammed on his brakes. <laughs> and I asked, what's wrong? And he said, I had to stop because of the purple brick wall and the pink bunnies crossing the road. My God. Well, I was terrified. But I don't know how to explain this. People are saying at this point, why didn't you already leave him? You know, you weren't married to him. But Mm -hmm. there was something he had over me. Again, I had a low Hmm. self-esteem. He knew how to work me. Um, he knew how to guilt me, to put all the guilt on me and make me feel like everything was my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the point when he started to use tears. Um, he'd freak out when something made him angry and say and do things that were just, well, absolutely crazy. Then he'd cry and tell me he was hmm. sorry and never do it again. Right. He was so believable that I would feel sorry for him and end up consoling him. Even though I was right. the one so upset, I could, couldn't hardly control my own feelings. Um, down the road, 
we were in my new car, and he, well, I had noticed things between then, like, you know, he'd kind of push me or put me down or and other things, and down the road, we were in my new car driving down the road, he became angry, and he backhanded me and broke my nose. So no, my first reason. Well, because he was angry and upset. I mean, he, he was mad at me for something. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, my first response was to do the same. So I ended up breaking his nose. Wow. Well, this was the first time I'd ever seen him so blindly enraged. He jumped out of the car, tried to drag me out, all the while cussing and screaming. I fought and fought till I managed to shut the door. He jumped on the hood of the car, cussing, screaming, kicking the windshield that eventually shattered inward onto me. I had to let go of the door and block my face. And that's when the door opened and he dragged me out in the street. That was the first ever that I knew that I could never fight back. That was my first beating. He you know, from that point on, I could could never take up for myself or defend myself in any way because it just put him, he was out of his head. So the first well, beating was the one that broke your wheel? It it broke, tore up my car and broke my nose. Yeah, he broke, had broke my nose, yes. Right, but I'm well, saying, I, you know, there, 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 are some, there are some abusers who uh, breaks the wheel of the victim first before they go physical. Oh, so right. So would you say you were all he had already broken your will to fight back because it sounded already that yes. like you was already in the Stockholm syndrome stage already. I was. Okay. Yeah, I, and once once that uh, beating occurred, I was just I just felt powerless. You gave up. Right. I gave up. Right. Well, I did break up with him, um, but a week later I found out I was pregnant with this child. Mm. I, was in, I was in total distress trying to decide whether to tell him or not tell him. Mm-hmm. But I have this big heart and all these feelings, and I thought, well, there had to be something between us in the first place. This is his child. He has a right to know all those kind of things. Um, so I told him and because I thought he had the right to know, he just was overjoyed. He said, never thought he'd have a family about his own, that it would make up mm-hmm. for his broken home and his childhood. So I agreed to marry him. Um, I wrestled and wrestled with second thoughts. Because I just knew deep inside it wasn't right. Right. But but we did get married in the fall. It wasn't that I didn't have doubts. I had even taken my wedding dress off and was going to leave the church. And I ran wow. into him just shy, just shy of the parking lot. I ran into him. Um, wow. There were some threats. Um. He told me that if I didn't marry him, that he would kill the baby. Jeez. And so I marched back in and went through with the ceremony. 
Um, a lot of people said them. I looked like I was going to my funeral. I just looked you so look sad. Glad? And oh, wow. I looked like I was going to my funeral. That was just how sad oh. it was. And after looking at pictures to this day, I look at my parents' faces, and I can see the same look on their face. Wow. Which really did break, break my heart. Um, I can't really now, explain Peggy, what hang this... on, hang on. Hang on, Peggy. Okay. Did anybody have the nerve to say to you, hey, Peggy, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it? Did anybody say that to you? Yes. There was a lot of people. Okay. But I always... But explain, explain to the listeners why you do it anyway. Because... Uh, People on the outside looking in who's never been in an abusive relationship, they will say, well, if she saw all the signs and people told her not to, why would she go ahead and and still go ahead and marry him? Well, it is hard to explain, and it does sound like I was probably a little bit crazy myself. Exactly. Through things like projected guilt, uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, emotional things, uh, physical and verbal, and uh, fear. Was there a lot but, of fear? I'm sorry. Was there a lot of fear? I was totally fear. I lived then in fear, and I lived the rest of my relationship with him in fear, and that is the right. only reason that I didn't get away from him. I actually right. feared for my life and for my child's life. Right. Um, so I can't explain what this union did to me over the next 30-some years except to say it affected me like acid rain affects a sugar cube. My God. Because as the years passed, I became a shell of my former self. I was sick almost constantly, especially as the years passed and I got older. Mm-hmm. I uh, I felt like a worn-out puppet. Wow. It was, it, it was like a slow, insidious breakdown of the once active, intelligent person that I once mm-hmm. was. But while I was pregnant what, what, with the baby, I'm sorry, right. go ahead. How did he how did he treat the baby? Did you see any signs of abuse with him uh with the baby? Did you trust him enough to or at at any amount to leave the baby with him by himself? Did you trust him? I would say the majority of the time he was okay when when the child was a he was a boy and mm-hmm. he was good with him most of the time as a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it came would come off on me like he would. Uh, well, I, well, he would throw fits, accusing me of carrying another. Had been with another man, which I'd never mm-hmm. done other than my first love. And Nurse. it would when he was a baby, it came off on me um, mm-hmm. until my my son started to get older, and. They just, they didn't click. I mean, he uh, would get mad at him, and I think he was probably taking what he was thinking out on my son, and he would hit him with a belt. Um, 
he he would just be totally mean to him. And well, one, there was one time that I do recall as a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it was time to eat, and there was he didn't work a lot during our relationship, so there was not hmm. much food in the house. Right, and I. I wanted to fix what we had for the baby, and he insisted on being fed first. So here he sits, and we're me and the baby are watching him eat. And he would take this, he would laugh, and take the spoon by my son's mouth, and my son would open his mouth, and he would oh just laugh God. and take it back and eat it. I mean, that's really oh. the ma- only major time during you know when he was a baby, but. That just still really gets to me because um, I love my children. He was emotionally it, abusing a baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, hmm. Like I said, as he got older, he, uh, and as he grew to be a man, they, my son knew that his dad didn't. He He was jealous of my son because my son and I had a good relationship. And they would fight, and when he, my ex and I would fight, my son would always take it for me, of course. Right. And and then there was stuff that happened between him, him and his father. Um, there was even one time, this was after my son was married the first time, They he and his wife were there, and we were visiting, and... My ex never was wrong. He thought he was never wrong. Right. And my son disagreed with him about something. And they got into an argument. And eventually my ex went into the bedroom and grabbed a loaded gun. As oh, my boy. son and my daughter-in-law were on the way out the door, he shot. And as my son turned sideways, it didn't hit him in the back, but it hit his side. And it grazed him. Oh, wow. So... Just things like that as he became an adult. And, you know, my son has never forgotten things like that. Um, right. While I was pregnant with him, he'd throw fits. And, like I said, accusing me of being with other men. He would lash out by knocking me down, repeatedly kicking me in the stomach, and say he was trying to Why kill the baby. Wow. While I was pregnant. Yeah. He was so he was controlling. Um, maybe this will explain to some of you ladies. He projected guilt for everything on me. He had a way everything. of knowing exactly how to make me feel guilty for even mm-hmm. the things he done. Right. Um, Malignant narcissist. Yes. Um. I'm thinking that. Yes. Um. He mentally abused me and, of course, the baby emotionally. Spiritually abused us by, I mean, he would go to church for a while and act like he was high and mighty at church. And (laughs) then he would get back off on drugs and he'd get even worse every time. And (laughs) he would use biblical verses against me, uh, such as... um, I the control when I wouldn't have, yes, that's more control mm-hmm. when I didn't have mm-hmm. relations with him, 
he would say, mm-hmm. well, God says to give your body to your husband, hmm. even, you know, unless you're this way or that way. And, you know, right. he, he just, and and he knew his Bible from front to back. Oh. Um, that was the thing about that. And financially, I would say he financially abused me by, right. like I said, most of the years we were married, he didn't work. Um, plus, um, he would use the money, the money that I brought in Mm -hmm. first, he, he got the first pick out of it, um, to get his drugs or whatever else. And then the bills were paid and, um, um, physically, of course, I've told you, um, there's many times. Um, excuse me a minute. He would, uh, get mad at me and throw me out in the snow with no shoes. He would drag me around by my hair. Of course, he, I have multiple injuries to my face where he just punched me in the face. Right. I have problems with my throat because he choked me so many times. My God. Um, he would hold the loaded guns to my head. Um, and of course, verbally, he would call me names. Mm-hmm. And toward the end of our marriage, when he felt like he was losing me, he started to sexually abuse me. Oh, um, yeah. Malignant. Well... He shamed me all the time. I mean, he he made me feel, like I said, that I was nothing by the end, that I needed him, that right. no one else would want me. Right. Um, and I, toward the end, I really thought I was losing my mind. Um, I tried to commit suicide twice because I couldn't get away from him. I would leave. Right. I would go to a shelter. There was multiple times I took my two shel- children and would go to a shelter, and he would find me and bring me back home. Hmm. Um, and and again, toward the end, he started to um, tell people, turn people against me by telling right. them I was doing things that I really wasn't doing, like cheating. Uh, actually, the the things he was doing. He would tell people right. I was doing. They project um, their guilt and their faults on you. Yes. And uh, and as you know, some of them are very believable. Very. Um, so I'm going through that right now with certain people where they're believing what he says about me. Anyway, over the years, too, he, he would sell our possessions for drugs and and not only would he do that when he got mad at me, he would break my things. Um, wow. He wouldn't tear up his things. It was my things. And eventually, he uh, sold our wedding rings for drugs. He, he sold them? He sold them for drugs. Well... Like I said, you know, in the end, 
it was like holding on to the hand of a drowning person. He knows mm-hmm. he's already going to die, but he don't want to let go of your hand either. Right. Um, Take you down with him. Right. I had been taking pain meds for aches and pains for over 20 years. Wow. And I was addicted to them. Um, finally, um, I was having so many troubles. One one problem was he was taking them, some of them, every month and selling them. So he would have the money for drugs that he wanted. And I would be uh, going to withdraw almost every month. And it was wow. just horrible, horrible pain. And I would just lay in bed and, and it, yeah. It was awful. In pain. And right. And it, 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 did he ever show any kind of compassion when he saw you in bed uh, in all that pain? Or did he kind of come in, smirk on his face, and walk out? Um, I think a few times he tried to act like he felt bad. Mm-hmm. But... I, I would even have to, if I needed a drink of water, I would have to ask him. I mean, it, there was no just bringing me something because he cared. Wow. I just laid in there, and, uh, yeah, it was awful. And finally how I got off them was I went inpatient at a mental facility for four days, and they hmm. just just papered me down off them. Um, wow. I began to get my clarity of mind back. Um, So I started trying to improve myself again. And Mm -hmm. I think at this point he felt threatened. Because I think he thought this might be the end and I was going to be serious this time. So the abuse started to get even worse. Yeah, I was going to say the thing is that the abusers, they like it when the... A victim is in a lower state or a lower stage because at yes. that time they know that they have absolute and total control over that victim. The minute right. the victims begin to improve themselves, they get threatened. One of the, I remember just by me going back to school, my ex husband was so threatened. He threatened me with divorce. And like you say, p- people don't understand uh, what they'll say. Well, you had a chance to get out. You had a chance to get out. He was going to divorce you. Right. You had a chance to get out. But when you are dealing with a malignant narcissist like you, you and I did, it's not that yes. easy. Because the minute they see you making preparation to exit, then they come with something else. So it's always uh, something comes from the blind side, and you never see it coming. And however it happened, next thing you know, you you remain in the relationship. You're not moving. Right, and he always knew how to out-talk me. Absolutely. I mean, it was like I, I couldn't say anything, and he would just out-talk me. And it was like I was just so aggravated I couldn't speak. I mean, without – I mean, it was – so frustrating. I think like, the only like he's time putting words in your mouth. Yes. Mhm. Um. Mm-hmm. So um. 
I think he thought he was going to lose me, which, if you ladies don't know, um, he was going to lose his supply, which a narcissist has something they call a supply, and it's usually the person they're with because they feed off of you. They feed off of your intelligence, your finances, Mm -hmm. your your good heart. I call them Um, a sponge. A sponge, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Well, because of my disabilities, um, I had a girl helping me at the house, um, and we had become close. I mean, I had had several before, but and I'd come, you know, become close with a couple. But this girl, you know, she really had my heart, and she just did everything she could for me. And Mm -hmm. I told her we talked one day, and we decided. Because the abuse was picking up, this is when the sexual abuse started, Um, we had to get a plan together. We decided we had to do something. So she befriended him. I mean, she made him feel like he was just, you know, really important. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, he he fell for it. I mean, he felt close Mm -hmm. to her. He felt he could confide in her. So he started, uh, you know, doing stuff in front of her, which he didn't usually do. He was usually, oh, tried to be the perfect person in public, Absolutely. and everyone Absolutely. thought, oh, they're the perfect couple, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and so we got a plan together that said uh, I would just let her know when I needed to get out, and she would go into action. So one day he was always threatening to kill me, and he choked me a lot and always threatened to kill me. But this day, it seemed different some way. She was there. He started pushing me around, and he said, this is your day to die. Oh, my God. And I took him serious, seriously. Well, when she heard him say that, she went to the kitchen, and she texted her bosses at Home Sweet Home, which was a company that sent her out to work for me. Um, mm-hmm. they called her and told her, they made this up. They told her she had to do paperwork, so she had to mm-hmm. leave early. Well, my ex had marijuana plants growing in another room. Oh, boy. And had always told me that if he got caught, I'd go to jail with him because they were in, that was my house, too. Right. Um, and he would tell people all kinds of things. So anyway, she went back to the office. They called the police. And he had me down choking me when the police pulled up. Oh, my gosh. Um, he All of a sudden, he kept saying, help me clean this stuff up. You know, he had marijuana and pipes and everything went out. And I just, what I did was walk straight to the door and open the door for the police. And... Wow. I don't wow. know that he had I he had seizures but I think the seizures he had was from when he got so out of his mind angry that he would seize. Mm-hmm. So wow. he um he had had one earlier that day from getting so mad and so he sat down in his chair and I could tell it was an act cuz I knew what the real ones looked like. When the police come in, he was acting like he was out of it, like he had had a seizure. 
mm-hmm. and they approached him. I was sitting there crying, and he had a an emotional support dog at this point. And no. the police... No. Yeah, but the dog, he didn't treat her very nice either. If he would get mad, the dog would come to me, and we would shake and hug, you know, I would hug her. And, and right. when... When she did this, would come to me, and she knew he was, you know, not someone at that point she wanted to go to. He would sit right. down on the floor and try to get her to come to him, and wouldn't she wouldn't. He would get mad at her and try to force me to take her outside in the backyard, and if if I refused, he would drag her out by the collar. Oh, my God. Um. So Bless on this day, when the... When the police came in, um, they approached him, and they started talking to him, and he was kind of mumbling. And one of those policemen looked at me and said, is is, is that really? And I said, no. <laughs> and so they went over there and told him, oh, I'll sit up here and all this. And the one officer said, you know, we smell marijuana in the house. And, of course, mm-hmm. they saw his his pipes and everything laying there. And they asked him, do you have plants growing in the house? No. Lie. Um, and so they kept kind of quizzing him. And I finally walked over to the door like I was going to the restroom and looked in at the police and pointed at the door like it's in here. Good. Because I wasn't going that day going in without me getting out of there. <laughs> That's I mean, right. it, was my, it was my time. That's and right. so they... They found it, and they did ask him at one point, you know. He told them everything. They asked him, was there something going on there? And he said, no. And they said, why is your wife sitting over crying and shaking? Oh, I don't know what's going on, you know. So when they did handcuff him and start to take him out, he acted all sad and teary-eyed and said, could I at least hug my wife and my dog? No, he didn't. <laughs> he did. No, he didn't. And, and when he leaned down, when he leaned down to kiss me, I just turned my head. Um, wow. And um, the police officer sent me to a place called Hope's Voice. It's mm-hmm. for it's not a shelter. It's a place where they help you with things after you know help get you out or things after you get out. They immediately had my locks changed on the door. They right. had me get a restraining order. And it was difficult after that. For, you know, I've only been out since uh, February of 2019. And I have. Oh, wow. So you've only been out of the relationship for a year? Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And how long how long were you married to him? We were together 36 years. Ooh. 36 years. People are trying to understand right now how can you stay I know with somebody for 36 years who treated you just as bad as he treated that dog. Yes. And I try to tell people 
who's never been there before. It does not make sense unless you've been in that place because on the outside, it looks so simple to just get up and walk away. But on the inside, it's totally different because there are so many cords that you are tied to them, like you say, mentally, emotionally, financially. He used the Bible against you spiritually, sexually. So they know what they're doing. Nobody, no abuser just abuse without a plan. They all That's have right. a plan. They and and they know they know each step to take and they know each action, what words to say. It doesn't matter what kind of a day the victim is having. They know an they know an action to take. They know a word to say that will snap the victims right back into a place of fear and oh my god, oh my exactly. god, what's gonna happen next? Fear was my biggest. Fear was my biggest thing. Um, Plus, I felt helpless, um, distraught most of the time. Like I said, I had gotten so I was just sick all the time. And finally, finding out afterwards, a lot of it was uh, the um, the emotional abuse, the anxiety, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. just being under that. Year after year after year for 36 years. Right. I remember I had a guest before, and she said the fear, uh, the the stress, the anxieties, it literally paralyzed her. She it was does. actually not, not just me. She woke up one day, and she just could not move because of the pain and the fear and the anxiety. And, and she had to find a way to get out. And even in that darkest time, once she made up her mind, she said her body just loosened up and she was able to get up. That's why, when, when again, when we talk about domestic violence, it's not just, in, it's not just the punching and the slapping, and, and like you said, the, the, the breaking of nose and black and blue eyes and some women yes. have uh, in, endured broken ribs and, and broken arms and stuff like that. And we'd look at it and you would say, this is it. But it goes so much deeper because I've asked this yes. to other victims, and I want to see if you're going to say the same thing. When it came to the abuse, the physical abuse, how would, would you say it was easier or was it worse than the mental and the emotional abuse? I would say 100%. I would have rather been punched in the face than the, all the rest. There you go. There you, now, people people won't understand that. He said, but you, you're still getting you're still getting hurt. You're still being abused. But the thing is, when the black eye clears up, when your arm are no longer in a sling, when the bruises are no longer in the body... It's gone. But when you get in that mind, when you get in the psyche of the person and you break them down in their minds and you you begin to tell them that they're nothing and 
there's never an uplifting word. And you're fat, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're stupid. I don't know why I'm with you. You can't do anything right. You can't boil food. You can't boil water. Look at the food. It tastes like right. they have They have absolutely nothing good to say. And after a while, you just start to believe it. You start yeah. to believe it. Your brainwashed. Yes, absolutely. And the, 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 the worst of the worst are those malignant narcissists. Narcissists because they hit you from all sides, sometimes in the same day. So you yeah. never know who leaves the house. You never know who comes back home. You never know who's going to bed. You don't know who's waking up. They can just go to the bathroom, wash their hand, and come back in, and it's an entirely different person. So it's like you have to walk on eggshells all the time. Yes. And I remember, I remember, like. yes, you, you're an eggshell all the time. And it's like the you that God made you is not good enough. It's the you that they're trying to make you be is good enough for them. So the way God right. made you is not good. So they basically try to be your God. Did you, did you feel like that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he would get on me about, like we were in church about being more into church and things like that, which I, in my own way, he was, you know, he would throw his hands around, stick in tongues, and, which I doubt that, I don't know, I can't say. But anyway, I'm just saying, he, I had my own way, he had his way. Right. Um, and come to find out. That's another thing that confused me. How could he be going to church? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd treat me well for a while. You know, I was still scared, but he would treat me okay for a little while while he was in church. And mm-hmm. I just didn't know when it was going to drop out from under me. Exactly. Exactly. And at church, you guys looked like a great couple, didn't you? Oh, we did. One of the best. <laughs> <laughs> my God, it's like it's like hearing my own story. It's like somebody else was living the same life. Like we would go to church, and oh my God, you guys are such a nice couple. And oh my God, he would hold my hand, and everything was just so peaches and cream. And in the church parking lot, he would open the door, and by the time oh, you yeah. drive out of the church parking lot and get home, you don't know who's coming in the door. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, it was... You You talked about walking on eggshells. You didn't know what, whether whether you felt like it was something wrong or not. He might. It might mm-hmm. uh, set off something in him. Like, at mm-hmm. times when I didn't do the meal just right, I would... He would just take the plate and just throw it up against the wall. And My then God. when I'd be... You know, he'd be screaming at me and cussing me, and and I didn't like that. And when I was sitting there shaking and couldn't handle my stress level, he would get mad because I wasn't down on the floor cleaning that up. That was my job. Hmm. Um, yeah. Wow, it's 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 real, ladies and gentlemen. It's real, and there are so many victims right now who are in the place where Peggy and I were, and some of them are even worse off. And especially in this time where more people are at home, that means the victims 
are at home with their abusers 24-7 in some places. And they have no hope. They have no rest. It's like you said, Mm -hmm. they will use the Bible and will say to you, uh, the Bible said that your body is not yours. Your body belongs to them. I remember... Sometimes you just have, when you come out of it, you look back, sometimes you just have to laugh because you you either laugh or you get crazy and you go off. And I remember he said to me one time, well, the Bible said, uh, wives, obey your husband. I said, really? And I said, so what about the part that, I said, so what about the part he said that husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church to the point where he gave his wife up for her? Yeah, he said to me, well, and I, I couldn't believe he admitted that. He said, well, I know I'm not doing it, but you're still supposed to do what it says. <laughs> this, this is how, this is how abusers think. They think yeah. that the victim is not a person, their property. Um, absolutely. Their property. So it's like, you're my car, I can take you in and out, I can do whatever I want to you, and no one can say anything to me because you're my property. I remember this one time I was coming home from work, and I will never forget that day. And I'm just in my car having a good time driving home. I was maybe five minutes from the house. I just exited, the Rose Hill exit. And right then and there, my phone rang. I said, hello. He didn't say anything. The only thing he said, I own you. When he said that, my heart oh. dropped. I said, what? Hey, what? I own you. And I had to tell him, nobody owned me but God. When somebody says stuff like that to you, they're not just saying that to, to be cute or, or to be funny. Those are like super huge red flags. Super yeah, huge. And they mean and it. People, and, yeah, and it's like you were saying, some. Some women, they'll think, oh, daddy's so cute. He owns me. He's trying to tell me I belong to him and he oh, belongs no. to me. No, baby. He owns you like he owns his car is what he's trying to say to you. Right. There's no love there. Mm-mm. Only for themselves. Right. The thing that's that's part of the thing over the years that I had, I really didn't, I don't know that I ever did in love, was in love with him as I was just at first. Uh, love the love the attention. Mhm. And mm-hmm. um. But uh, yeah. If I've learned anything from my past, it's that all that darkness that was brought to me, it brought me to the brightest places. Right. My most most painful struggles have granted me the most necessary growth. Mhm. And I truly believe there was a reason I endured so many years of abuse. I mm-hmm. now have the most amazing people in my life. Right. Um I have my my best friend Rob who I, has taught me there's still good men in this world. Mhm. I have an amazing I have an amazing support system. I'm stronger than I've ever been and working on my right. dreams and goals. And that's more the way I used to be. When I was in high school, right. I was editor of editor the newspaper. I sang in the choir. I was on the, I mean, I was on in sports. You know, I was active. Right. And then, then 
these last several years isolated. So that kind of that was horrible too. Like a turtle, you became like a turtle, right? Yes. Yeah. Just shrunk and just shrunk into your shell. It, you, you're yeah. not what you used to be. Now there is something that you said at the beginning that I really, really like because that is that is so very true. And I will say this until men and women pay attention to that. These people, these abusers, these narcissists, these people who are mentally just like wacko out there, they have a system of picking out the weak from the strong. They can see a bunch of girls. And he knows exactly which one he will be able to have the total power over. And when they see you with the, like you said, you had low self-esteem, that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that they go for because they know this is an easy way to start the manipulation, the, the, the quickest door to get a victim yes. to the place where they can totally annihilate them is the manipulation, and that door is low self-esteem. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree. Um, also, I I talked to many women about their abuse and, and men, and they seem like genuinely good-hearted, empathetic people. Oh, yes. And I think that's another thing abusers look for. Yes. Someone with that big heart they can they can just get right in there and, and start working. Tick 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 they they'll take over and take control of your heart. Yes. And something and else you you, up, I, so, I, I Go ahead, hon. It's okay. I was just getting ready to say, um, and you're the one that ends up abused and you start you end up feeling sorry for them. Mhm. I mean, mm-hmm. during this time, I mean, they make right. you feel sorry for them. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now you you guys had a son together, and you, is he married? Or I think he's divorced. He's married. Huh? He got married. Your son. Oh, oh, my son. He's married, and I have a daughter okay. that's also married. Okay. Now, uh. Usually, you you'll see that because the children witnessed the abuse. Did any of them get in relationships that were abusive? Whether they are the abuser or the one being abused? No, my son, as Fantastic. a matter of fact, ended up with PTSD because of this bad anxiety, <laughs> and he knew when he would get angry or something. I mean, he didn't act like his dad, but um, he would feel something inside like, you know, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like my dad. And so right. he took he took years of therapy. He said, Mom, I don't want to be a thing like that. I'm going to be a better man. And I'm so proud of him. I give him kudos. I give him kudos because yeah. there are a lot of children who would not take that step. And also there right. are some men who will also 
teach their boys to abuse their mothers, and if there are sisters in the house, they will also teach them how to do that. Right. Right. Um, so I'm I'm glad he didn't he didn't he didn't turn out like his dad. It's a beautiful thing that he does not want to be like him. So that that says a whole lot about the the kind of man that he is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That, that's He's excellent. A really good that's man. excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. That is great. Because that's one of the things I try to say to my boys because my first son he did not witness it because they he doesn't have the same father with the two youngest. So the yeah. the second son I he he witnessed just like your son did. So my second son he witnessed their father putting the gun to my head and uh him putting the gun to his head. So people don't realize that but these children do suffer from PTSD when they are in a home where they are they witnessing domestic abuse. They do. Um they they do. Yes. I I think um because my my ex took it things personal toward my son when he started to get older um mm-hmm. and started to abuse him as well. I think that is you know, that was a bigger chance that he PTSD and even wow. a bigger reason because my son was bullied in school and then oh, he was wow. come home and be bullied by his father. No peace. No, no peace whatsoever. Poor baby. All right. What about your daughter? Is he her is he her father as well? Yes. How does how did he treat her? Uh like a little princess. Wow. So he dug that mom but treats her like a little princess. Yeah. I mean, wow. she's daddy's con- girl. She's still, she's still daddy's girl. So, are you close with her, or is she closer with her dad? She has uh, cut me completely off for now. Wow. So everything but he says about you, she's believing his his point. She believes, yes. <laughs> That's the sad thing. My and God. Abusers, I, I want to tell women too, they'll make you do things for them that you wouldn't normally do. Like they exactly. will make you lie for them. They will make you steal for them. You know, that was also <laughs> a part of my past. I say it like this. You will become an Academy Award winner being with a narcissist because they will oh, yeah. teach you how to be perfect actors. Oh, yeah, especially in public. Mm-hmm. You have to smile like everything is wonderful. Give compliments like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm. Everything oh, yes. Children have to be nice and neat. The car is nice and neat. Everything is wonderful until you enter the house and you close the door. Yes, and I will say that because of my son, I probably protected my daughter more from 
the abuse because I was a young mother then and mm-hmm. didn't know what to expect. And I protected my daughter from a lot of things that he did when, you know, he didn't do a lot of things around her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there was a time when I was so sick in bed with anxiety that he told her I was bad on drugs and I just couldn't get up. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. And and I've been one. My mother told me that never, and this is old school, I think, but never talk to your children about their father. Never. Don't, and it, never in any way let those children disrespect their father. So right. while he says things to people about me that aren't true and to my children and everyone else, mm-hmm. I have kept my mouth shut about him. To Well, I haven't now. But right. <laughs> to my children, to my daughter mainly. And therefore, she's believing everything he says. Because um, he so has so I, brainwashed as well. Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of, well, I still don't regret going to them talking about their father because that wouldn't have been right. I mean, that would have right. been throwing more anxiety and more pressure on them. And, more abuse. And I, I felt I was a good mother. I, I was there when he wasn't. You know, I made sure they went activities. They did their schoolwork. They... You know, everything. They had their friends, you know. I, when my kids were growing up, they were my world. Right. And mm. even, I'm not trying to make myself a martyr. I'm just saying. Right. Even though I was going through what I was going through, I loved my kids enough to do that. And I, Absolutely. you know, I I wish they would see that today. I wish my daughter would see that. They'll um, come around. They'll come around because sooner or later, sooner or later, they will see it. And the reason why I can tell you that is in my family, my mother was the malignant narcissist. And she Uh would always tell us the evil and the bad thing about our father. But as we started growing up and as we started learning about life, now you look back and you see, you know, the things she said were not true. And and right. that's why after after my dad died in, in 15, I had a lot of guilt because there were so many things I got to learn and I got to miss out with my dad. Because she lied to this day, my baby sister will say to her, it is because of you, daddy hates me. So they they oh. will grow up, they will see, and they will learn. That's, that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. When we talk about domestic abuse, usually it always seems like, oh, it's the man that's abusing the woman, and it's the man that's abusing the children. There are women who are doing the same things. As yes, much absolutely. as a narcissist, my ex-husband, when I look at my ex-husband and I look at my mother, they're basically two of the same. 
They 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 know yeah. when to let the tears come out. They know when to put on the sad face. They know when to oh, be I the know. life of the party. They they can read the environment and become exactly that. That's why I call them the perfect chameleon. Because whatever the atmosphere calls for, that's who they become. Yeah. That's a, so when you get to see that after a while, you get to realize, oh, wow. But as a child, you don't see that. But your daughter, somewhere along the line, she's going to bump into something, and her eyes are going to open, and she's going to ask questions. And then the answer you give to her, she's going to ask another question, and she's going to ask him a question, and then she's going to, you know what I'm saying? And she's going to get yes. in the place where she's weighing what you tell her and what he's telling her and what she sees in him. So don't don't yes. give up on her. Don't give up on her. You oh, know, she I may won't. Not I love my daughter. You. Yes, absolutely. She may not want to talk to you right now, but, you know, just just keep praying. Just keep praying. That's, 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 uh, that's what I would say. Keep praying. Keep praying and because I keep, things, things, yeah. I keep sending her those birthday cards, those Mother's Day cards, same to my son-in-law and my grandchildren, and um, it's going to happen one of these days. I know it will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we, can't, we can't keep the faith, and it is so, it is such a horrible thing when, when the abusers drag the children into the place where they are abusing uh, the parents as well, because what he's doing is actually using her to bring more pain to you because now he can't hurt you like he used to anymore because you can't dismiss him. They say an abuser, a narcissist, if they can't control you, they will control how someone else thinks about you. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to tell you. Absolutely. So they will take the joy from the way the other person treats you. So they're living vicariously through the other person watching you hurt and they're enjoying the pain. Even though they themselves can't do it, they'll find somebody to do it. Right. That's exactly right. And I didn't even understand all about narcissists till I left him and started looking into it. And, Neither did I. Uh, Neither uh, did I. I had, matter of fact, I had never heard of the word narcissism until I was like, what is that? A friend of mine, she said, Diane, girl, you need to listen to these things because she was going through abuse with her husband as well, but he was not physically abusive, but he was mentally and he was verbally abusive. He he would do a lot of psychological stuff to her. And she she's yes. uh found stuff on narcissism and she started and I was like, Oh my God, that's what homeboy did to me. Oh, and then you your eyes begins to open. It's like peeling off a, an onion. The more layers yes. start to peel, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't see it. Oh my God, I didn't understand it. And I don't know if you if you went through that phase yet. Did you come to a place where you got upset at yourself that you stayed there so long? Yes. Oh yes. You did. I the mm-hmm. the the number one thing that I was angry with him for was stealing my youth. Yeah. And that yeah. got me. But I've got a handle mm-hmm. on it now. 
because I I just look I I take in more information, get what I can. It helps me heal. Right. And realizing, you know, I was so good to him. Why couldn't he love me? Why wasn't I enough? But to realize afterwards by looking into all this that he didn't know how to love me. He, there was no nope. such thing as love for him. See? I mean, that just gave me a new outlook. Yeah. Sociopaths, they don't, they don't know how to love. They, they, they don't know how to love. They don't feel empathy like we do. That's why mm-hmm. they can abuse and they can continue, continuously do it because nowhere in their heart is a place that say, you know what, that's not wrong. That's not right. right. And if there were to be something like that in their heart, their brain would automatically say, oh, no, it's right. Right. So they don't know how to feel. It's because they were, mine was like he was mistreated his whole life, and mm-hmm. he just deserved, I mean, it was like he deserved to be right. He deserved to be the one, in, you know, in the good and, and all this. Mm-hmm. It was like, and he would use that against me, too. Oh, I. I was from a broken home, and my Making mother was guilty like me. your fault. Right. Well, I, I, well, I won't say what I think about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just going to say that I felt she was narcissistic as well. It is narcissistic. His mother probably is. Yes. Probably is. They, the apple doesn't they fall act too far from like, the tree. Yeah, that just like, yeah, because I have a sister. I have a sister just like my mother. And the funny thing is, they don't get along because they're just the same. Right. They're, right. Yeah, they're just the same. My sister, a tear can drop on a dime. Same thing with my mother. They are always the victim. Always, they yeah. they know how to remove the attention from the victim and place it on them. Right. They do. Oh yeah, there's always one. They always, they have all these tactics. Mhm. Mhm. Boy, thirty six years. You, right. <laughs> but I I'm healing. Mm-hmm. I am already working on a book. Fantastic. Um, it's called Tortured Souls because I feel like I, not just tortured soul, but we were both tortured in our own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to be a, in a very unhappy place in his his in, inside of himself. Mm-hmm. But I'm I have a wonderful support system, and that, that's one of the biggest Good. things. Um, you have to take it one day at a time. Right. My besties taught me a lot of this. Surround myself with positivity. Yes, ma'am. Believe in myself. Um, and be kind to yourself. Absolutely. That's some now, things I had a hard time with. Yep. Yep. Now, we know about uh, narcissists. Right. Most likely, as they see a victim on their way out, they are already on the look for another. Is he dating anyone right now? Do you know? He's married. 
<laughs> he got married shortly after I divorced them. So you guys got divorced in February of 2019. Yes. And he's already married a year, what, four or five months later. Oh, not that long. I mean, wow. it was, I mean, well, yeah, it had to be because the divorce was probably final four months after he was, I think he was married shortly after that. He was that mad when? Well, let's see, I filed, we filed for divorce. Well, actually, what happened was I went to the courthouse to file for divorce, and he had mm-hmm. come in just before me and filed, which okay. I think I think what he thought was he knew I was going to do it. He thought he would get the house and the car by being the first one filed, Woo-hoo! but I ended That's up with both. That's a good both. point you brought up. That's a good point you brought up. I, actually, That's his name was the only one on the car. Mm-hmm. He and his mother made sure that his name was the only one on the car because they didn't right. want anything to happen to me get it. But I ended up with the car in the house. Wow. Because they want to be in absolute control because you can't divorce them. They can divorce you. That's why when I filed for divorce, my ex-husband, he did not even show up for court because he thought by him not showing up for court, that meant the divorce would not go through. Mine showed up with his new girlfriend. These people are crazy. These people are crazy. <laughs> well, his mother they, introduced they, they, him to. Oh my gosh. So now there's somebody else that. that now, you know, whoever he's married to right now, you are the worst woman who ever walked the face of the earth, right? Oh, you bet. Okay. I had some <laughs> dirty looks flying in court that day. Wow. Because it was all your fault. Mm-hmm. He sat Everything. with his head yes. down. He couldn't look at me at first, and she just glared at me. It was like, I know why wow. he couldn't look at me, but... And I know exactly. why she was glaring at me. <laughs> right. So, and by looking at the but, two of them, if anybody knew what was going on, they would be able to tell who's the liar and who's who's telling the truth. Just by him sitting there with his head down, that would yes. just say guilty verdict right there. Yeah. Yeah, but right. because, because he said so much to her. Yeah. He said well, so much I got to her. Right. She just thinks I'm probably still thinks I'm the most awful woman walking this earth. Wow. You know, I I used to bother me when people thought bad things about me, but I I I can't worry about that now. No Um, ma'am. I mean I used to just break down and cry when I thought somebody thought a bad thought about me. I just didn't want to look bad, but now it's like you know, that's their choice. I can't do anything about it. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because they will, they, will make you, they will make you look bad. The funniest thing, right, when I learned that about three years ago, Lord, maybe about two, three, three, about, yeah, I said between three and five years ago I learned it. 
he, uh, my ex-husband, when I left and filed for a divorce, he told, <laughs> rather than telling his family the truth, and then again, his family knew he was abusive because he was very emotional and verbally abusive to to his 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 older sister so they knew and a lot of family right. members they know but they don't say anything but he right. went ahead and he told them I left and I ran off with one of the pastors of the church <laughs> oh I, I was that was about me too <laughs> Not with pastor. I, I read off with one of the past. I was like, the pastors at the church, they were my father's age. What a fool would I be to do something like that? But just so they continue to look like they're the good guy. They will throw right. you under the bus to, to just destroy you. But the good thing is, I found out a few years ago, he showed himself in front of the very same sisters that he told that I ran off with the pastor, his new girlfriend, they oh. were on vacation. And then he really showed, she, he said, the, my friend, she told me, she said, the, the, what happened is the new girlfriend, she was walking out with some stuff in her hands. And all she did was say to him, can you please open the door? And he felt that was a disrespect to him. Her asking him to open the door. Next thing you know, he had her jammed up in a corner. Oh, no. For nothing. Yeah, that's yes, all it for takes. nothing. And that's all it takes. For nothing. And I was like, I said, I hate that the young lady had to go through that. But for the lies that his family don't want to say our lives for the truth that are in their faces and they don't want to accept it. Here's the proof right there. Because somebody said to me, oh, Diane was not lying about him at all. When they heard, you know, when, when they saw his actions, they said, now I know for sure Diane was not lying about him. I said, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It, it came a, a whole lot of years late, but but at least yeah. y'all know for sure now he was. Yeah, he 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 is what he is. They cannot change. That's right. I have women reach out to. Yeah, I have women reach out to me and they say, "Hey, Diane, can a narcissist ever change?" You know, and not yeah. all narcissists are malignant. Not all narcissists are what I call classic. You know, there right. are some narcissists. There are some of them that, that, that can change. I believe with God, anybody can change. I believe if you want to change, and I believe if you ask God to change, I believe God can change anybody. But when it comes to people like my ex-husband, and it sounds like yours as well, my Lord and yeah. my God, we need, we, 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 need, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. Right. As, you know, at this point, I don't wish him unhappiness. I Neither don't do I. hate him. Um, I had a hard time not hating him, but I finally worked through the fact that if I hate him, he still has control over me. That's right. And I can't do that. I can't give him any more control over my life. My life is my life. It belongs to no one else, and I'm not anyone's property.
Are we still on? I'm sorry about that. My call dropped. I am so sorry about that. That's okay. I was like, hello. <laughs> It's like nobody there. I said, are we still on? I said, are we still on? (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay. What is going on? My gosh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. I guess a a backslash, something, something kickback, something, you know, just, oh, goodness gracious. But we have, we have six more minutes. Uh, do you have any do you have like a support group on Facebook that you can uh lead people to where you get where you give encouragement? Can anybody get in touch with you? How can they do that? Actually I have two sites. One is for all kinds of uh I can't think of the word. All kinds uh-huh. of all kinds of trauma. No, anyway, I have a Facebook page, especially for domestic violence. It's called Tortured okay. Souls. Tortured Souls. Okay. Uh-huh. I need to follow you on there. I would be great. Yes, ma'am. Um. I I also wanted to tell you. <laughs> I uh. Not only have I been working part time and. Uh, as a landscaper's assistant for my best friend. I have mm-hmm. two sites on Facebook. I've recently been asked to be an editor and advocate for the Indiana Warriors. Um, they have a page. Um, I'm going to go to college this fall to major in criminal justice so I can work on mm-hmm. the side of the victim. And, and I'm also working on my book. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is fantastic. I love it. I'm love really it. happy. I love it. I love it. I love well, it. You deserve. I, you deserve that. Thank you. If I didn't have the people supporting me right now, if I had been alone, of course I do take therapy as well. But I right. think if I didn't have I think God sent the people into my life just when I needed them. Amen. You know, because they've been wonderful. Amen. All right. So we have uh, we have four yeah we have four minutes left. So Tammy, I just want to thank you so very much for being with us. Can you give her a hand clap to encourage her? Thank you, thank you so much for being uh, here. Thank you so much for being so candid. And telling your story, I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, Of course, we will stay in touch on Facebook. Thank you again. Uh, Once Brother Chris go ahead and post the show, I will post it on my page. So you can also go ahead and post it on your page so you can share your story. So, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. This is why I do the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, honey. This is why I do the show. This is why I am so grateful to Brother Chris and Sister Shanice for giving us this platform because there are so many survivors who do not have an outlet like Peggy just did to tell her story, 
And just by her telling her story, we have no idea who heard those words and whose heart were encouraged because our voices, God did not send us to everybody, but there are certain select people that God has sent us to. And I pray tonight that the people that God sent to the voice of Peggy, I hope they heard the word. I hope they are encouraged. I hope this also helped them to make a decision to get out, to go, to walk away. Your life is too precious to lose it to domestic violence. Love yourself. Know that God loves you. Know that you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made. Know that you are incredible and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You don't belong to any man. You belong to the man, Christ Jesus. So you guys have a wonderful evening. We will be right here again next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until we meet again, family, don't forget, like this page, follow this page. Don't forget, go to lubrandbooks.com. Register there. I am giving away a free ebook entitled, What Do You Know About Domestic Violence? Until then, I love you. God bless you, brother Chris, sister Shanice. Boop, boop, boop. That's my heart. Sending out love to you guys. I love you guys. Good night, everybody. Good Walk night. with me, family. Let's go. Thanks again, Peggy. Thank you. Good night. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. TPV Radio, Central Texas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.